0: Is it piece of chain Tao chain? It's the
1: Arrowang Podcast Series.
0: The number one Apple business and number four entrepreneurship
1: podcast. Speaking from Hong Kong. Today's guest is Sanjay Sati, a food and agribusiness professional focused on developing integrated projects in Africa, Middle East, and in India. A leader of course functional teams for rolling out large supply chain, food production, irrigation, agriculture infrastructure, international trade and investment opportunities. Sanjay Sati is the expert in international relations. He's leading a processing company managing 16 million units for rice, carshall, and tomato in Mozambique. He's an advisor to various governments, institutions, developmental financial institutions, and multilateral agency for economic empowerment of farming communities. In this episode, we've touched upon topics from high-level, how the global supply chain works in the sense of regional business, to even individual level, how we can make contribution to the food sustainable issue. Without further ado, let's jump in our conversation with Sanjay Sati. Hey, Sanjay. Oh. Uh, welcome to the show.
0: Hi. Thank you.
1: Hello. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm just so looking forward to this session. Can you mm, set the scene uh, to talk about a little bit about your background? How do you get where you are today? Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: thank you, Aro. As you know that since last three decades, I have been uh, working in the agriculture and agribusiness uh, domain and uh, uh, not just uh, in the Indian setting, but also in the in the in the african and uh, middle eastern uh, settings as well as uh, through these uh, bases i have been focusing on the black sea region as well as uh, the mm. south asian south asian region and uh, um, i virtually worked in the all parts of uh, value chain supply chain and uh, whether it is on the production side or on the processing or on the
1: distribution mm. side got it. i've noticed that you've got the the African Food Prize Award, the Sustainable Initiative Award, and the Lifetime Achievement Award for Food Security. Can you help us understand the definition of the agricultural production in turn? Yeah, you know, just elaborate on uh, sustainable agricultural production is.
0: Yes. So as you must have noticed in last uh, almost two, three decades, uh, organic uh, production has been on the rise and organic production is nothing but sustainable agriculture but organic production meant that uh, it is good for your health as well as it is good for your environment and, uh, and because uh, you completely eliminate the chemicals from the production of agriculture uh, there were a lot of initial uh, uh, hurdles in terms of increasing the yield without the use of chemical fertilizers so the issue of uh, uh, food security uh, put pressure on the land to produce more food. So a a, a, a midway path was uh, devised and where you can say that uh, win-win both for the food security agenda as well as uh, for the health and uh, environment agenda wherein uh, you do not eliminate the chemicals completely or the fertilizers completely but you mm. use it only moderately uh, and try to reduce it as much as much possible feasible so that all the natural resources like water have been uh, used uh, in a judicious manner and uh, and the chemicals have been reduced the residues are low in the food and it's not uh, um, harmful for the the human body for after consuming it but and, and it is also having a lesser footprint on the environment but Mm -hmm. but it is not completely uh, uh, it's not completely organic so a a midway between a traditional uh, uh, agriculture which was with a lot of chemicals and between organic cultivation where where the production was sometimes lesser than what you wanted and it takes time for you to uh, to increase the organic matter in the soil uh, for the production to go back to to the optimum levels so uh, so a midway path was sustainable agriculture and that's what uh, uh, we are now pushing hard so that people have food to eat and yet uh, they get a safe food.
1: Targets. Mm, I'm not sure uh, if the next statement uh, correct or not. Uh, Please correct me if I were wrong. Uh, Why did you have a focus in Africa? Because from the survey, it seems like it from our team's research and yeah, it would be nice if you can share with us some maybe numbers or just background to put things into perspective.
0: Yes. So we started with Africa because food security was a major issue and Africa was a, a, an untouched uh, uh, planet uh, because the uh, fertilizer consumption was already on a very low side and, uh, and everything was already uh, very close to sustainable. So we didn't want uh, uh, Africa to get uh, uh, their soils to get polluted the way uh, or degraded the way Asian countries like India, Vietnam or even China have uh, gone down so uh, Africa becomes a priority from that angle but never to say that countries which are already producing uh, so much of food with the help of chemical uh, fertilizers even they remain a priority so that's why you would have seen sustainability initiatives in countries like uh, uh, Vietnam, Thailand, India, China um, or even uh, other uh, uh, countries. Is is on the rise, so that uh, mm. uh, we don't degrade the environment anymore, and we make the uh, we produce the food which is uh, uh, which is good to uh, um, to consume, and uh, at the same time, uh, we don't compromise on the production.
1: Got it. you just uh, mentioned so many regions other than just uh, Africa. Can you provide us with an overview of the integrated supply chains in Africa? asia and eastern europe how did you all your projects stitch them all together when you are the yeah how do you do that with your so, projects
0: i would like to take the example of rice rice is typically a commodity which is grown in the asian countries and it is consumed in uh, uh, european and african countries uh, or even in the middle eastern countries so um, So uh, these are the countries which import food from Asian countries by and large rice is grown everywhere but these countries in Europe and in Middle East and in Africa are the net importers of rice from countries like Pakistan, India, Vietnam or or Thailand. So these producing countries uh, have to put up a supply chain which is very very in line with what the consumer in the western countries Mm -hmm. wants so the consumer in the western countries have already demanded starting demanding uh, a a food which is low in residue and they are not only conscious about their health but also about the environment so that's why these uh, supply chains have to be uh, cognizant of uh, the changing consumer uh, demand and similarly uh, although the uh, customer in the in the Middle Eastern countries, uh, is not specifically asking for sustainable produce as of now, but their spend on the uh, on the on the rice uh, uh, is very very high. They they buy uh, perhaps the best quality of rice and the basmati rice, and as a result, they already pay a lot. So uh, converting that food to a sustainable food does not require too much of an additional uh, expense in, especially in terms of percentages because uh, uh, consumer is already paying a lot of money uh, for, for some other attributes like, uh, like uh, the taste of the rice or the aroma in the rice or the look and feel of the, the, the long grain uh, rice so it's easier to convert that uh, market in the yes. eastern uh, region from Basmati to sustainable Basmati or uh, sustainable uh, fragrant uh, varieties of rice and uh, uh, coming to uh, africa africa is already uh, importing billions of dollars of uh, uh, rice and uh, africa is really richly endowed with the with the uh, natural resources that it can produce rice on its own it doesn't have to import rice but uh, for the african farmer to be competitive uh, it will take some time so till that time we will have to put up uh, some uh, barriers uh, so that uh, uh, while efficiencies are built up in uh, africa uh, we are able to uh, to uh, provide a level playing field to the african farmer to compete mm. with with the thai african uh, thai indian or vietnamese rice which land up in uh, africa at uh, today practically at a lower cost at which uh, the african farmer is producing so for us to provide that level playing field to the african uh, farmer we need to put up the import duties but if we put up the import duties then the then the uh, rice becomes very very expensive and the consumer in uh, in african countries is taken uh, 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 for a ride and uh, and they they don't want uh, to pay through their nose already they can't afford food mm-hmm. so you, you are in a very very difficult situation that you have food security uh, challenges on one side and uh, environmental challenges on one side and the balance of payment and uh, the foreign exchange uh, uh, crisis of these countries and also uh, uh, there needs to be a movement away from uh the the traditional agriculture to sustainable agriculture so so there is an increasing trend to convince the various governments in the African countries to input import duty but do not put import duty on sustainable rice. Mm. so that means that while you allow some food to come in which the local uh, uh, communities can local consumers can afford and uh, yet do you do not allow the imported food to just uh, um, kill the local uh, uh, production ecosystem and yet uh, you end up promoting the sustainability and and it is lighter on the wallet also because you have not put uh, import duties or very high import duties on the imported sustainable rice so the local consumer can 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 still uh, consume uh, by not paying too much of a uh, money and yet you have uh, kick-started a revolution for sustainable production, and uh, and it sort of uh, ticks up uh, ticks all the boxes, and uh, and uh, this money, which is uh, uh, which is made in the form of additional import duties, is basically being used to support their own um, uh, agriculture and their own uh, local farmers, and and the money which is uh, uh, generated by the Asian countries. Uh, for doing uh, a sustainable uh, agriculture is paid for to their own sustainable uh, smallholder farmers who produce rice now in a sustainable way. That means uh, uh, the initial effort is paid for uh, uh, to do a a things which is good. So that's how the the three continents uh, sort of uh, fall in place uh, vis-a-vis the supply chain originating from the
1: Asian countries. Thank you so much for the information about all these regions and which is a very great overview so uh I've noticed that there's a, a many trends uh crisis and then uh the methods to for dealing with it but from the investor perspective, how do you identify the right investor investment opportunities for agribusiness in uh all of these regions can you what is your thinking process behind? Uh, is there any investment philosophy or any analysis that you will do? So uh, the,
0: the total wealth in the world is about 80 to 85 uh, trillion dollars. Hmm. So this is the total private uh, wealth and uh, and which is uh, in the form of lying as uh, deposits or whatever you call it. And, uh, and most of this uh, uh, wealth uh, comes at no riders. It, it it is. It basically goes to those pockets uh, who can multiply it, right? So those assets which uh, which fetches more money, the money goes there. But if those investors, you know, even those small investors in in the rich countries, if they were given a performer and below that there is a tick or there is no need of a tick, and a, the tick implies or the absence of the tick implies that this money should go in for sustainable production or it could go for some of the other causes that these investors uh, very strongly identify themselves in for example the muslim countries would want their investment uh, to be going in for the halal uh, causes or or uh, if if there is an indian uh, uh, worker in the middle east or in the us uh, he would want uh, his investment to directly indirectly boost their own economy back home in, in india or or there may be a a, a, a very agile or uh, i would say active uh, and uh, uh, fully well aware customer uh, or investor uh, in these developed countries he may say okay i don't have any of these affiliations but i definitely want that it should positively impact the environment so whatever the 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 uh, wish of those investors is it can be channelized so out of those 86 trillion dollars if a very small fraction even if one uh, percentage of that can get channelized into these right thinking goals that mm. would make that you have a flood of money coming in for these causes and actually that flood has already converted into a tsunami and mm. that much of money is actually coming and so much of money is chasing the, the 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 right kind of assets which are not standard assets. Uh, this money is looking for those uh, uh, those projects which are having lower environmental f- footprint, or they are they are they are uh, very good for the people or the communities involved, or those uh, ESG bonds and the green bonds that you have uh, heard about, uh, uh, which are which are good for environmental and social and governance. Uh, agendas of uh, of the corporate and, uh, and now the SDGs, uh, there are SDG bonds coming up so that which all the 17 SDGs uh, are positively impacted. So this sustainable agriculture is nothing but uh, positively impacting uh, uh, all the 17 or few or more of uh, uh, at least three, four of the major uh, SDGs. So if that kind of money which is chasing these projects is properly meets the target of sustainable agriculture production, you would understand the problem is not attracting investment, Mm the problem is of finding those projects which are eligible to receive this kind of funding. So that means there is more funding available for ESG kind of work but the projects are not there which can provide this kind of a, a, a work, that is why you see. When one Tesla comes and provides a solution to one of the environmental problems, the, all the investors, they, they chase that kind of a company and, and uh, uh, the company gets crazy valuations. So something similar is happening on the sustainable agriculture side that if some company very honestly comes forward and says that, okay, we have started uh, training our farmers. we are preparing them we are giving them know-how so that they can produce the agriculture in a sustainable manner for example again I bring the uh, example of rice instead of uh, uh, taking 2500 litres to 3000 litres of water to produce one kilogram of rice if uh, the farmer says or the company says that I will be able to get this produced from the farmers by saving 500 litres or 1000 litres of water Uh, to produce the same kilogram of rice. So suddenly you will find all that investment will chase those kind of projects and and um, there will be there will be enough money available to do the right kind of projects. And that's why extracting the ESG investment is not a big task. What is needed is a credible company which can actually bring this change.
1: Got it. Thanks so much. And what a big picture. So, um, it is uh, like uh, we are um, five above in the car looking at the uh, um, whole agriculture business uh, in a 10,000 feet uh, have a very high level overview and then so many uh, institutional efforts are putting into this area and also uh, seasoned investors like you um, spot the opportunity and also know where the crisis is and putting a very big uh making a very big uh, positive impact into it so to wrap up this session my last question is um, on the individual level what can a person in a well-developed country can do to contribute to the cause that you are contributing to?
0: Uh, It's a very good question Aero if uh, you really see that the consumer is ready to pay a price for the organic produce because he can directly identify it has a positive impact on his own health if he consumes organic produce so there's a premium for that but for sustainable production there's no premium right now so it's very difficult to convince the customer to pay an extra um, uh, amount because this has been produced sustainably because the customer is not able to identify that why this, this rice has uh, uh, reduced the uh, the water intake, how it impacts me or my health directly. So it takes a little bit of effort and then appeal to their noble uh, uh, motives and then the customer is, uh, is, is uh, ready to pay a very small premium for that. But this cost of convincing the customer and getting that uh, uh, little premium which comes is not justifying the effort. So that means that if the customer was already aware that this sustainable production is not just good for the uh, for the environment but it also is uh, uh, good for my health. Uh, so then probably there will be some premium which will be given uh, to these uh, uh, process and uh, today the farmers are not being rewarded but uh, they are being rewarded through the investor and how long because investors are also chasing higher uh, higher valuations and uh, right now uh, ESG is the flavor of the month so it's going on but there will be a time that this will start plateauing and at that time by that time if uh, consumer also comes up and says okay you have uh, uh, supported this uh, great process so far, and now I come in and chip in with my uh, my my uh, premium for the sustainable agriculture production. Probably that will be the best kind of scenario wherein you have an aware uh, customer, and uh, and then the governments will be able to say, okay, now on, no more uh, selling of those foods which uh, which degrade the environment from now on we will only have the sustainable agriculture production. So what we are going towards is a a place where initially the investor will support, then the consumer will support, but eventually this will become the norm of the day. And it will become so efficient to produce sustainable agriculture that you will actually end up saving some uh, inputs which farmers, they indiscriminately use uh, the fertilizers and the pesticides, they will not use that much quantity and yet they will be able to produce equal or more uh, production. So that means the efficiency will come in and those savings in imports would be be used to reward the effort and the the government would uh, put in that uh, regulatory uh, framework promoting uh, such initiatives. So then it would mean that the process will pay for itself and nobody will have to subsidize each other
1: thank you so much and uh, after listening to you all I can say is it really takes time for us to uh, take incremental progress uh, one step at a time. So thank you very much Sanjay, uh, it is a very informative session in terms of uh, agricultural business. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you Eero, it was a pleasure being with you.